All right, Alana JLo. Yes. How's it going, babes? I am so happy. We had a few issues with the application yesterday. We don't have to go into everything here. No, no, I think it's best we don't. Right. Go into the filling out process, but. And <laughs> you did not have any stamps. I did not. And to be fair, if you would have told me that a couple of days earlier before I came over, I would not have been able to bring any because I don't have any. Okay. But sometime yesterday, we just finally broke down and realized that there was going to have to be a walk to the post office. What are you getting into, babes? No, I was just putting putting some bottles uh, in, away in my thing. Oh. Okay. And last night, I was very uh, trepidatious about walking there because, yes. one, I know how to get to my local post office, but I've never been to yours, at least not that I can remember. I don't think so. Not with you, at least. Maybe yeah. several, several years ago. Yeah. And two, this isn't really the best neighborhood. Yeah. So I was a little bit worried about uh, maybe running into some crazy people. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> we got there. I mean, we got a little bit turned around, but nothing too bad. No, we were. I, I don't believe we were too far off because I remember going there once uh, uh, a few months ago with my mom. Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, yeah, this was like in November, because uh, I had to put some. I had to put my. Um, I had to put something in the 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 post office box. So um, we, I, I kind of sl- uh, vaguely recognized that area, but I didn't think we were that too far off. And the lady was really nice. Super nice, and um, so I'll just I'll just say that um, I got a. I didn't have to pay like extra. I didn't have to. And it was, it just went really, really smoothly. And Alana is adjusting her bed sheet. Uh, and the, yeah. We're going to get to that in a minute. Jeez. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think I may have put them on the wrong, uh, maybe not as straight as I wanted it to be. Well, yeah. So after we got home, uh, I stole some of your aloe vera. I we ate some chocolate it. and we started doing this. But now let's get to uh, bed sheet drama. <laughs> Last week. We're not going to talk about the movies quite yet, but we were watching the movie Zombieland, and you were really, really tired. Last night, yes. 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 Did I say last week? You I said did. I did. It's last night. Bro. Damn it. Anyways. <laughs> uh, that's okay. That's why I'm here. By the time this comes out, it'll be last week, but technically for us, it was last night. Yeah. Anyways, you were kind of falling asleep, so you went to bed at maybe 9.45. Mm, yeah, like close to 10, somewhere around No, it was, it was about 9.45. Yeah. I stayed up until maybe 11.15, just kind of playing with my phone and whatnot. Yeah. And I noticed that your bed sheet on my side of the bed kept, like, popping off. Yeah. And I was, like, trying to put it back on without waking you up, which is difficult. <laughs> so then we got up super early this morning. I told you about it, and you said, oh, yeah, that happens. And you tried to put it back on, and it was kind of popping off again. So what I, what I, was, uh, what I have done... Um, there are times where sometimes I have to get everything off the bed and, uh, take the sheets off, which I, I, I hope I don't have to do that right, uh, uh, today, but, um, I've, I've done that, uh, I've done that before, uh, you got over here and, um, I was trying to fix it to where, um, uh, because usually it doesn't come off. It usually does not come off. But um, I hope I don't have to, like, strip the bed and then remake it. 
because I can do that. I just don't want to. I just don't want to go through the hassle of doing it. But. Yeah, and when you were adjusting it this morning, mm -hmm. I was telling you my method, which is I buy bed sheets that are one size too big, so that they'll <laughs> easily like fit. Uh -huh. For example, I have a full size bed, so I have queen size bed sheets. And I, you have oh. a queen size bed, so I, I asked you if you wanted me to order you some king size bed sheets. I will think about it. I will think about it. Now, admittedly, that's probably lazy and not what most people would recommend. But I, I like you. I well, I pref preferably, I would like you to order me some extra queen size bed sheets, but why? Why is that okay? Because I have a queen size bed. But why do you want me to order them for you if they're just going to be? But you said you were going. No, I said I'd order you some king size uh, bed sheets. Mm, all right, I'll order. I I may order me some extra sheets anyway. I need to. Uh, I already got your Valentine's present, but maybe for your birthday, I'll get you some bed sheets. <laughs> I don't know if I want that as a birthday present. I could just easily get it myself, but uh oh, I well I'll uh, anyway. Well, one of the <laughs> interesting aspects of doing the application. If I got brief access to your financial records because you had to tell me everything, so I know how much money. No, is but you said you were going to forget it. I'm going to forget the account number and all mm. that stuff. But I never gave you any numbers. Yes, you did. Uh, you did. Well, I gave you. I I may have said some numbers, but they were not my account number. What I had you do after you gave me the numbers was just like throw random numbers at me. And I did like two thousand seven hundred yeah, yeah. eighty thousand. Like I don't remember that personal information, but I remember the amount that you told me was still in your bank account. Right. Right. But that's uh, anyway. Yes, but that's. Uh, it it won't it won't it won't be the same amount for long. <laughs> for anybody listening no. later, no. Uh, when uh, Alana <laughs> files a, a fraud case, uh, it's not me. Even though I will be in Tahiti by the time this is released. <laughs> and I'll say I remember him when. Yes. I remembered him when. Yeah, exactly. He used to be mine. And now, I'm filing a lawsuit again. <laughs> And then maybe when we, and then maybe later on we'll be able to give lectures together. Did, yeah, well, we'll get, yeah, we'll get to that. Did I ever tell you the story about the time my ex roommate accused me of stealing his credit card information? Oh no, he didn't tell me this. This was like amongst the other stuff that he accused you of. Yeah, this was the, and no offense to you, but it was a super right wing roommate that I had back in the early two thousands when I was living in California. It seems like he's a he's he's. Uh, no, no offense if I say this, but yes. I guess it doesn't matter because he's not in your life anymore. Yes. Um, it sounds, if, if he's really a right-wing person, he's pretty phony from what you told me. Yeah, so anyways, one night he he wanted me to use his credit card to get some money out of the bank for him, right? Yes. Because, so he's Jewish, uh -huh. and it was uh, it was about to be Shabbat. Oh. So he, oh. he can't handle money. Oh. Right. He asked me to get his his use his credit card to get yes. some money out of the ATM. Yes. Um. So I had to write down his information, which he gave me. Yes. As he's kicking me out of the apartment, uh -huh. he tells me that he threw all my notebooks away because he found his credit card information in his notebook. And you forgot that you gave it to him. Yeah, or, of course. Or he gave it to you. Of course. Ah, Conveniently forgot. Looking for someone to blame. Exactly. What a phony. Exactly. Anyways. I can say that. He'll, he won't. He probably won't be listening to this. Even if he is. Phony. You're a phony balloon. -o.
Phony phony baloney. Tony the The phony baloney. The the tiger. tiger. (laughs) (laughs) After we saw that movie. (laughs) Be honest with me. I know Married to the Mob wasn't your favorite film. No, it wasn't. But now that a little bit of time has passed, has it grown on you slightly? Slightly. I would give it maybe not a strong seven, but maybe a seven, but not as strong. Okay, I say a seven means good and a strong seven means pretty good. Mm. That's my what's your well. It's on? not my favorite one. Okay, maybe maybe I should give it a lesser score, and uh, it's slightly under a seven. Okay, so it's like a six it's and not, a half. Yeah, it's it's six and a half. So it's slightly under a seven because re- it really wasn't my favorite movie, and it was kind of dated. It and was dated. The yeah. music was good, but the, the yeah. I will say that. Um, yeah, and I I hadn't seen it in like over twenty I, years by the time I showed it to you last. I summer. did enjoy it. I don't know if I want to see it over again, mm-hmm. over and over again. I mean, not the kind of movie that I want to see over and over again. But um, I did think that Michelle Pfeiffer did a really good job in that movie. It's a fun film. It is fun. Yes. It's not like the greatest film of all time. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not the you know it's not the greatest film of all time. But I will I will say it's a, at least a six and a half. I guess that might be a good segue uh, into talking about the movies we watched last night. The People oh, versus Larry Flint. We Flint's. have a lot to talk about, don't we? We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk Especially about. Especially with the first movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some things with the second film. We, 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 I oh. want to give that its proper due, but oh, yes. the first film is, we have a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. So would you like to... I'll give the basic premise and you can fill in the gaps here. Okay. Okay, can I? Do you mind if I just say a few things before you go there? All right. I, do, I just want to express what this film film has meant to me over the years. Okay. It opened up on my birthday in 1996, my 14th year of life. Uh, I did not see it then because it only opened in select cities. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I was already a Woody Harrelson fan from Cheers and some of yes. his other projects. Yes. Um, and as a teenager, I was really into the idea of censorship and how. It was spreading through our country, but it had always been a thing that had come up. It's been an ongoing battle. Yeah, and it's not just in this country. People like to uh, play it off like it's just Ronald Reagan and the moral majority, but it happens on the left even back then, and it happens in other countries. But we fo- we're Americans, so we focus on it here. Right. Right. Um, and so I was really interested in seeing the film. I talked my mom into taking me to it. She didn't want to see it. I watched it, and I was blown away. I saw it three more times in the theater with different people. Like, I, this is one of those movies I took people to see it different times I went mm-hmm. because I wanted people to know about this film. And um, it was it was one of those films that was has always stuck with me throughout the years. Sorry, I just wanted to tell my relationship with it. Okay. But you give the uh, overview. Basically... Um... In the beginning, it's talking. It shows uh, Larry Flint with his brother Jimmy, and they're. Uh, if I'm if uh, if if I remember correctly, they were making. They had like a little business uh, giving alcohol to older people, right? Yeah, they were making moonshine. They were making moonshine. Okay, and the and uh, apparently they were really good at it, or they be, they got very good at it, and they were only like nine or ten when they were doing this. Something like that. Something like that, right? Mm-hmm. 
And uh, the old man said, very good, very, very good. Um, anyway, so so they're going throughout their life. Uh, their dad was, it, it, was, it, was uh, it was implied that their dad was a major alcoholic. Is that right? That was the implication. We, we don't really know much about their dad. We, yeah, we see him in one other scene, but by then he's much older. Right. The, the, you don't really see the dad or the mom until like later on in the movie. And even then it's like one or two scenes of them. So basically, um, Larry Flint uh, liked women very much. Um, he would go to the strip clubs and watch them dance. Well, it's more than that. He owned a, str- a couple strip, strip clubs. Uh, am I the? Am I giving the? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry. Uh, don't worry. I'll get your turn. Okay. Your turn. Right. <laughs> okay. So he owned strip clubs. Um, was interested in making a business out of that. Um, he was interested in. Uh, um, taking pictures of uh, naked women, uh, women in uh, provocative poses. Um, hence the uh, famous scene in there that we won't get into right now. Mm-hmm. Um, famous in my family. Right, right. Um, so uh, him and his brother, uh, I know some scenes pass by, but I don't want to give too much away. Him and his brother start uh, Hustler Magazine, um, which... Which is definitely raunchier than your average uh, Playboy issue. It seems like is is what I'm, what has been implied, right? Well, yeah. In fact, at one point, Larry Flint is reading Playboy magazine at this get together, and he's saying this magazine sucks. They they, it's only meant for sex for people who are you know well off, and we want to do a sex magazine for the average man. For for all men, yes, yeah, for all men that like it. So it's it's not it's your typical it's not typical, but it's it's definitely a more of a men's magazine than was implied in uh, Playboy. And so, um, so there's all the and, and everybody and everybody in this community is up in arms. Well, not everybody. Some people in the community are up in arms because these. Hustler magazine issues were found in grocery stores in plain view. And this is where um, some people are saying, well, we, we can't have these in grocery stores because it's obscene and children can find them. And there's all these families uh, uh, shopping in grocery stores and they, and they shouldn't be here. And so he is, this is a story basically about him going to trial um, and, uh, uh, going to trial for, um, obscenity laws. Uh, please fill in the gaps if you would. Yeah. So it, it focuses a lot on that, him having to defend himself. Uh, at one point he's sentenced to 25 years in jail. They don't really cover it in the film, but it's implied that he appealed the case and, and got away with it. And, uh, by his side is his, uh, his... <clears throat> By by his side is his dedicated wife Althea, who, who he has, meets, who has some problems of his own. I mean, she he she was a stripper when uh, she met him. Yes, it's implied that she's underage too. And yeah. the only reason I say implied, it's made clear in the film, but I don't know if that's accurate to what really happened. It was implied that she was much younger than he was. Correct. Yeah. So the and again, I say implied because. This is where it gets a little bit difficult because you're talking about a film that's based on a real life. And so some things are changed around and some things aren't. 
Um, but but in any event, they get together and he's doing his business. He meets Rosalind Carter. The Ruth, si- Ruth, Ruth Carter Stapleton. I'm sorry, Ruth Carter Stapleton, who is the sister of Jimmy Carter. At the, and at the time, Jimmy Carter was the president of the United States. And she asks, um, she asks Larry Flint to come over in uh, an attempt to, uh, to convert this man to the Christian faith. Uh, he has him over for dinner and, uh, you know, and she, she's a very nice woman. And she's, she's trying to uh, disciple uh, Mr. Flint. And in fact, goes so far as to uh, baptize him in the water. Because for a while, because he does convert. Because for a convert. while, he does convert. Which causes problems in his marriage and at the magazine. And I believe in real life, I could be wrong, but I don't think that Althea Flint shared his same passion for Christianity. It doesn't seem like she did. Uh, the thing, so... Um, I would have loved to have seen how far he went with it. In, I mean, because I don't yeah. know how much they, they put in there. Because the problem the problem that he had was he was trying to mix Christianity and porn together. And it just doesn't work. To me, I, I, listen, Larry Flynn has some issues. He's, he's a very complicated character in American history. But... Uh, that seems like an idea that could work today. I don't think so. Okay. You, it just it it's just there's they're on polar opposites. They're they're on polar opposites of the spectrum, and mm-hmm. we can go. We don't have to go. Yeah, we we'll, 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 we'll maybe do that when we talk about our thoughts about the film afterwards. Right. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting a lot. And yes, is, you are. This is your time to shine. Yes, you are. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So, so basically, um, uh, something. Something traumatic happens to him, and I'm and I'm kind of skipping around because there's so much in that. Something traumatic happens to him. He gets shot in the spine. He gets shot in the back, and uh, Alan, his lawyer, played by Ed Norton, gets shot in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. They go to the hospital. Um, the doctors tell Althea that it's possible that he's going to be paralyzed from the waist down, which pretty much means that that part of him will not be able to work the way that it should. Um... He was in a lot of pain, and uh, Ruth Carter Stapleton comes in. And who knows if she really did visit him. We don't know for sure. We do know that in real life they did have a falling out around this time, but yes. we don't know if she was at the hospital. Right. Um, I, it was So she was trying to offer some comforting words. He admits to her that um, he believes after this that there, wasn't, that there really isn't any God. Mm-hmm. And therefore uh lives a life of uh as an atheist and then he goes back to uh doing his um business with hustler go on okay the magazine is running but he is so hopped up in drugs because of the pain that he basically becomes a recluse for like four or five years along with althea and one day a doctor comes to him and says listen you're doing a lot of drugs, and you could die from this. But there's these operations now that have been pretty successful in relieving pain with people with your type of injury. So Larry Flint goes into surgery, and the pain goes away. And Althea doesn't believe it, so she continues doing drugs. 
He wants. He does drugs, and she offers him drugs. Right. But, I mean, even after that night, she continues down her own self-destructive path. Right, right, right. Uh. <clears throat> he returns to the business of running Hustler magazine, but he's he's also involved with other, other areas around the First Amendment. So he got into it because of Hustler and nudity, that right, type right. of thing. Yeah. But Larry Flint being the interesting figure in American history that he is, also uh, brought down a car manufacturer in John DeLorean. Or help bring him down. Yeah, that's right, right, right. Because it's a, that was a really funny scene. He had access to the tape that showed John DeLorean buying a suitcase of cocaine. Right. Gave it to CBS. And a judge wanted him to say who his source was. Larry Flynn has his, some conflicts with this tr- judge, to put it mildly. At one point, the judge says, okay, for every day you refuse to cooperate... This court is going to fine you $10,000. So Larry Flint has hookers deliver the money. Right. Which he also did in real life, too. Ah. And he eventually is sentenced to this medical-type prison for, like, 15 months. Yes. Lives in there. It's like a psychiatric uh, prison. Something like that, yeah. yeah. I believe it's in there that he finds out that Althea is dying from AIDS. Right, because she tells she she visits him, mm-hmm. and she says, "Well, uh, they say I'm sick, really, really sick, and I found out that I have AIDS." Yes, yeah. So it sounds like she's been doing some uh, uh, shooting up with heroin, and uh, yeah, all that or whatever it was she was shooting up. Mm-hmm. Alan, his lawyer, has gone through a lot with him, not just from being shot, but he's also been. Kind of considered an, an embarrassment yeah. because of being associated with Larry for so long. Because he's been a spectacle. Larry's been a spectacle in court for uh, for a while now. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't been, like, answering questions. Uh, he hasn't been answering direct, answering direct questions. He's throwing oranges at the... At the judge and the... He made a diaper out of the American flag. He made flag. a diaper out of the American flag. And, I, mean, I mean, stuff like that. I mean, things... You know, stupid things that you probably shouldn't be doing in court. I would not do any of this stuff in court. No, that, that's just not... And at one point, he wears the, a shirt that says, fuck this court, when he's in the courtroom. Yeah. Um, I thought that was funny. But anyways, Althea comes to Ed Norton and basically says, you're like family to us. You know how Larry is. We need you. Yeah, that you are you are our lawyer. You'll all, you'll always be our lawyer. And by this time, Larry's out of prison, and Althea is getting worse and worse. Yeah, he goes to see Alan, and he basically says, "You're you're my friend. You're one of my best friends. I need you." Yes. So he's like, "Okay, all I guess. Right, I guess I'll do it. I'm back on the team." The John DeLorean case kind of goes away after this. Yeah, you don't hear much about it, and we have a new foe in the form of Jerry Falwell. Jerry Falwell. So this, the, the, the most... Uh, the, the, it's funny. The yeah, so, so this story uh, requires a little bit of context because they mentioned a beer ad in the movie, but unless you know the history, you won't really know what that means. I might be having the brand wrong, but I believe it was Budweiser uh-huh. in the 1980s. He used to do these ads, and it was like, what was your first time? And it would make it sound salacious, like... It was telling the it first was very time. Subjective. Yeah, subjective. like it was like the first time you had sex, but it was really the first time you had a beer. A beer. And Hustler magazine decided to do a parody of that with Jerry Falwell, except instead of the first time you had a beer, it was the first time you had sex with his mom and it was in an outhouse. 
Which is objectively um, kind of funny. Is it objectively kind of funny? Yeah. I don't know. Which is subjectively. It's subjectively. Funny. You laughed though when we were watching the movie. Well, I was I was thinking how ridiculous it is, but I I don't know that I would want to see it. No, no, no. But how ridiculous it sounds like. Wow. Anyway, but I mean, it was. It, it, yeah. Anyway, go on. <laughs> Althea is getting worse, and um, there's this great scene where she can barely move. She sits down in Larry's wheelchair, and he takes her to the bathroom. He's calling her doctor, and she drowns. He, unbeknownst to Larry until he gets into the... Yeah, until he gets into there because the water is overflowing. Yeah. Uh, and that's a... I think the music was a little bit too much in that, that scene. That was really dramatic. But that was a really good scene. It was very sad. Really good scene. Because he goes into the water, and, she, and, and he's trying to revive her, and she's, like, still. Mm-hmm. Is she sitting... Do you remember if she was sitting up? No, she was in the bottom of the tub. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Now let's return to Falwell. Mm. He loses his uh, upset, his uh, liable case, right. but he wins on the ground of emotional distress. Right. Larry wants to take it to the Supreme Court. His yeah. lawyer, Alan, basically tells him, listen, we could probably get in there, but you're going to embarrass me, and I do not want to be embarrassed in front of the Supreme Court. So he goes. He goes there for him. Yeah, he goes alone. Larry flies out, I think, too, for a couple of days because at one point he's giving interviews with Alan. Yeah. But I think he's sitting outside of the courtroom right. before he flies home. And he, there's, I love the courtroom scene at the end mm-hmm. where it's just Edward Norton talking to the Supreme Court justices. I think right. that's a really good scene. Right. And yeah. what about the? Is that is that during the scene where he fires his employees? No, that was earlier in the movie. Uh, that was, I believe he had just gotten off of drugs and he calls into the speakerphone, fires them all. Mm-hmm. Then later, I think after he gets out of the mental hospital, he returns to Hustler, sees that everybody's still there, calls his brother Jimmy over and basically says, you did a good job, bro, and I love you. Mm-hmm. I might be having the timeline a little bit wrong, but yeah. it's some, so it's I haven't somewhere in that area. Yeah, I haven't not even though I watched this film a lot, I've not seen it since the nineties. Wow. Um, but anyways, the last scene in the movie, Larry Flint is watching old video recordings of Althea. The the music was a little too dramatic, though. I think I will agree with you on that. It was way way too. I'm like, what happened? Yes, but. Alan calls and basically says, we got a unanimous unanimous ruling from the Supreme Court. And they said that what you did classifies as parody and it's under the protection of free speech. Right. Larry thanks him, hangs up the phone, and has this conversation with the recorded version of Althea that basically ends with her saying, I'm not going to become old and ugly. You're You're going to become become old old and ugly. ugly. And she's laughing. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, We are going to get into Larry Flint's actual life in the discussion of this film, even though we touched upon it a little bit. But before we get to that, what did you think of this movie? I... There was so much in it. Mm-hmm. I I did like the movie. Uh, it I don't know. I I may I don't know if I'd recommend it to anyone, just because of you know I don't know. Um, I I would I would recommend. Okay, so I would recommend it to a person um, with discretion. 
you know, see it at your own risk because there's some, there's some, uh, things that might be uncomfortable to see, like the one specific scene that you're telling me about. Oh, there's many scenes in this there's movie many that scenes. I could see yes. people in your life having issues with. Right. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How did it compare to the image you may have had to going in? So I, I've been talking to you about this movie for a long time. Do you think it was better or worse than I made it seem? Or better than worse than I you were expecting? I wasn't sure what to expect. Mm -hmm. I honestly thought it was going to be like a porno almost. <laughs> so it was better in that sense. It was better and I mean I know that it wasn't going it wasn't going to be a, a porno. Yeah. But I it, it it when you described it to me I thought oh, it was just going to be like um almost like Midnight Cowboy cuz I never seen Midnight Cowboy but I heard that it had like a, a an X rating and I thought yeah. This is probably going to be one of the raunchiest movies I ever saw. But it, I mean, and I didn't see any of the visuals, so I can't really... There is a lot of nudity in the movie. Yeah. In People versus Larry Flynn. Right. But you you liked it, or you thought uh, it was a really good The storyline was very good. Yeah. I will say that. As much as I didn't like Larry Flynn, I thought he was a sleazebag. I will, uh, and what I commented to you uh, last night was that I could see the free speech debate on both sides. Mm -hmm. um, I could see it on Larry's side. I could also see it on Jerry's side. Even though there are there is something... Um, I don't agree with Jerry on the censorship of, of that, even if I didn't like it. Yeah. I think that people have the right to see what they want to see, and if they don't want to see it, turn away. Don't buy it. Don't look at it. Uh, completely rid your house of it if you have it. But don't stop other people from having the freedom to do that, even if you don't like it. Is this the first film we've watched based on real events? Uh, I think it might be. Um, is it? Uh, I think you might be right. I. I yeah. Um, uh, yes, I think, I think you're right. right. I, th I think I'm right. So, yeah. I, uh, this is where things get complicated. I don't mm -hmm. think I would like to know Larry Flint. I don't think so either. But you got to admire the balls on this guy. Like, even if you don't, like, wearing the American flag as a diaper in Yeah, that, courtroom, that, is just, that is just way too much. Having hookers deliver yeah. the money to the judge. That's a little too much. That's, that's too much, but at some point... Yeah. On some level, you gotta admire the balls of somebody who pushes back against the system like that. Even I, if he, I, I don't, I, will, I don't like it, but I admire it. I will say this though: um, he is definitely, uh, he's definitely made no bones about what he feels um, about free speech. Mm -hmm. I did not. I would say that 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 disturbing scene when he's talking to the. The people at that church, right? Yeah, that was great. And, and and when he was like, "Okay, what is more obscene, this?" and he shows a picture of the whatever it was. Yeah, like and naked then, women. And then and then a dead person. Yeah, and then um, he showed another naked woman, and then a black guy with like welts on his back, implying that he had been whipped. Right. I think they're both bad, but again, people should be allowed to see what they want. To see, yeah. even if somebody thinks it's obscene, uh, because we are a free country and we have the right to express our views, whether or not you agree or disagree with somebody. And I think I think he definitely was 
a champion for free speech. And I believe also one of his points was, yeah, they're both bad and we recognize that. But when you can show on the nightly news and have big sponsors endorse it and the other one has to be hidden behind the counter. So that's like a weird double standard. That is a weird double standard. But I also kind of have and I like I also have this this idea where um there is a time and a place for everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know I don't agree with those magazines in grocery stores, but I will say that if they're gonna have it in grocery stores, they should at least store it in the back of the store. And I know you didn't agree with me on that. I have mixed feelings. It's not that I don't complete I have mixed feelings. But mm-hmm. well let's take this to the modern age and then I do want to get back to the film. Okay. Um Facebook and Twitter have been getting into trouble for censoring some liberals, but mostly conservatives. And I side on this. I'm beginning to side more on the side with the conservatives on this. But I'm glad you are. But let's take it out of politics, right? Okay. Okay. Let's say I start a a Facebook page called Rick's uh, Ladies of the Night. And all I do is post naked pictures of hookers. Mm Mm-hmm. Facebook, in many ways, is like the new publishing system of our time. Yeah. Because the internet has sort of, like, killed that business. Right, right, right. Uh Um, Should I be allowed to post naked pictures of women on Facebook? Well, um, that's a good question. Uh, Are are these pictures public, though? Are you making them public? Are you just... um, would you be posting it for people that want to see it? I would be posting it for people who want to see it, much like Hustler. Well, as much as I wouldn't want to see that, mm-hmm. um, that that is your business on social media platform. And even if someone didn't agree with you, they don't have to look at your pictures. Yeah. And it's not like you're selling them. So you would be okay. I, I would be okay with what you want to post on your wall. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, that's not my business to tell you not to do that because it is your wall. Yeah. I don't have a Facebook page. I'm not planning on getting it. But um, if you're not, if you're not being a, a person, if you're not, if you're not a person that is like actively um, uh, putting things out there about hurting women, right? Hurting women, uh, killing women, um just doing horrible things to animals, right? Right. If you're not putting it out there for, um, and, and selling these pictures and making it, you know, pushing it in everybody's faces, then, you know, I, as much as I don't like it, whatever you do with your wall is your business. So what's the difference between that and a small mom pop store saying, we want to have the Hustler magazine on our shelves. I think the problem I have with it is if it's it's getting into the wrong hands. That's mm-hmm. the only real problem I have with it. It's not that it shouldn't be there, even though it's kind of weird. Yeah. At least have it somewhere where kids can't find it. I, I want to ask you one more question related to social media. Uh, am I making any sense? You are, but I, there's one question that I think might give you pause. All right. But you are doing a good job with this. Okay. I have friends with kids. Yeah. So presumably, if I post some pornography on my wall of, hey, this is a really hot hooker and she's naked and slapping her ass and all that stuff, a kid could see that because one of my friend's kids could see that. Yeah. Um, 
Well, see, that's that's the thing where you, you've got to be very careful with that. Mm. Okay, because even though you want the freedom to put that out there, you also have to think, well, do I want my friend's child to see that? But do I want my friend? Yeah. You know, and it, I mean, you really have to weigh all the weigh all the pros and the cons. But you don't think that social media should get involved and say, hey. No. Okay. I don't think so. That's I fair. Don't think That's fair. That is not their job. That's fair. Because if you're gonna if you're gonna have a social media platform, no matter what it is, whether you agree politically, whether you, um, whether you uh, are freewheeling than more people are, you know, and some people are, uh, whether you're uh, into pornography, I mean, it's not their job to censor you. Would you have a problem with a ma and pa? convenience store having hustler magazine if it's like at the top of the rack so you'd have to be like an old a somewhat older kid to even see that it's on the rack uh i guess that would be kind of better but mm -hmm. i would i would rather they be in the back of the store and if they wanted if if somebody if they were old enough not that i would condone anyone from getting it for getting it but if they really wanted it they would have to locate it in the back of the store. Like they they shouldn't be with mixed in with like the other um, seventeen. Yeah, they shouldn't be mixed in with like teen magazines. No. That's just what I, you know, they should be at least separated from those. Mm. Do you understand? I hear what you're saying. I don't I don't completely disagree with you. Yeah. But I also don't side with you a hundred percent because I also think to myself. In the 1980s, Tipper Gore came out and advocated that albums with explicit lyrics should have a parental advisory sticker. And on. I and I disagree with that. I disagree with that too. But one of the the things was okay. So that's putting it in another category. Mm -hmm. And would she one uh, thing that happened as a result of that is some stores stopped selling albums that had that sticker on it. Another side effect, which I highly doubt that Tipper Gore expected, was that people like me, who came into their own musically in the 90s, would gravitate towards albums that had those stickers on them. So she, she probably didn't think that it was going to happen. Like yeah, that. she probably didn't think that people of my generation were going to look for those albums to buy them. Uh -huh. You know, So one can make the argument that now that they're in a special place, a lot of stores won't sell them. But stores that do sell them will have customers who are only looking for that type of material. Uh, I don't know if it's apples and oranges, now that I'm thinking about it. But it's it's just something to think about. I don't think we're going to come up with the answers here. Yeah, it's it's, it's an ever-ongoing battle. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that it's... I don't know that it's far from... Uh, I don't know that it's uh, close to being over. I, don't, I, I mean, we're probably going to be battling that in our lifetime until... One of us dies. Oh, I think it's the battle of censorship will always be a thing. Now, yeah. whether or not it's it continues to be around the idea of sex or politics, who knows? But I think society will always try to have some things that it considers taboo that you're just not supposed to write or show. Mm. You know? And right. it, yeah, so I've never read Hustler magazine. Thank goodness. But I have read Playboy magazine. Yeah, but you read the you read the interesting articles though. I like the interviews in Playboy. 
Yeah. I do. I, I am one of those people who reads it for the interviews. Okay. Um, Larry Flint might not appreciate that, but that's the way <laughs> I feel. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but I'm wondering, would you ever buy an anthology of articles from Hustler magazine? It's mm-hmm. not the pictures, but it's opinions I, or jokes. I don't think so. Hmm. I just, because of, because of the history behind it, I don't know that I would. I mean, I, I, I don't read magazines like that. And most of, and it sounds like that magazine is geared towards men anyway. What use would I have of it for it? I don't know, babes. Yeah. Just like, it's just like, why would you read Ladies Home Journal or Better Homes and Gardens? That's a good point. You know? <laughs> Although Larry Flint does publish a lot of different magazines and I think he, I watched interviews after you went to bed and one of them he was talking about how he does have adult magazines that are aimed towards women now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'll just, get you a subscription for no, your birthday. No, I've just never been interested in erotic uh, types of articles. It's just Women's Hushua Monthly, how can I lose, okay? Oh, jeez. Sorry. That was my impression. No, it's just not my thing. You mm-hmm. know, if a woman wants to do that, then... That's her business, but I'm not. I'm not into that stuff. I want to explore Larry Flint's relationship with politics, and some of it was covered in the movie. Yeah, and a little bit of it was left out. For example, they did not talk about when he ran for president in I want to say 1984. Um, mm-hmm. But there, in fairness to the filmmakers, there was a lot to cover. Okay. Um, in the movie they make it seem like it's the second issue of Hustler where they got naked pictures of former first lady Jackie, Jackie, Jackie Kennedy yeah. Onassis. Yeah, wow, yeah. I, I've done some research into Flint, but it's been a long time. I did a little bit last night, but it wasn't about this. I don't know if it was a second issue, but I know that they were struggling, and it was very early on in the company's and she publication. Said, and, and you said that that actually happened, right? That actually did happen. Wow. They, they had nude pictures of... Jackie Kennedy in Hustler magazine. Wow. One, it's bizarre when you think of whenever you hear about Miss Kennedy Onassis, mm-hmm. they always talk about like, well, what a classy lady she was. And yeah, but then, uh, but then you see that you find out that she did, uh, she she did need pictures for uh, Hustler magazine. <laughs> well, she helped. Sa- she basically saved <laughs> Hustler magazines, and oh, it's not wow. that she did nude pictures for them. She married this rich guy named Aristotle Onassis after oh, John right. Kennedy died. That's right, yes. And she was walking around nude on his private island, and some photographer took pictures of her wow. and sold them to Larry Flint. I heard that, um, I don't remember if it was her granddaughter or great-granddaughter named um, Athena Onassis or something. She was like one of the richest girls in the in the country or something. I, I can't remember. Okay. I think her name was Athena. Anyway, I, I digress. Yes. Um, there's that. There's also the interesting aspect of Jimmy Carter was mm-hmm. an evangelical. Yeah. I mean, he was different from what we consider the evangelical movement today. He was definitely different. Because he was like super lib. Yeah. But the point being, he was not only evangelical, he was the most powerful man in the world at that time. Right. When Larry Flint was on very good terms with his sister. Right. 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 Uh, for for that time, yes. 
I believe it, they don't really touch it on it in the film that Larry Flint uh, had major issues with Ronald Reagan and the, the moral majority that came about in the 1980s. They didn't really touch on that in the movie. They, they didn't touch on that, but... I, but, they, um, but then Jerry Falwell... Jerry, and I think that's where Jerry and Falwell came in because I, I, I learned a little bit about the moral majority mm-hmm. um, when I was taking my Christianity in America, America class in college. And uh, there was mention of uh, Jerry Falwell and because he was like the head of that. Yeah. One of the big names in uh, the moral majority. And I, I didn't exactly agree with it. And Charles Keating, who was you know tied to the Republican Party of the 1980s, uh, helped Jerry Falwell in his case against Larry Flint and eventually ended up being taken down by the U.S. government. And uh, you can do some research, but John McCain was involved in that whole scandal with Charles Keating. Not with the Larry Flint stuff. But but with Charles Keating. With Charles Keating. And Charles Keating was his lawyer. Charles Keating was helping uh, Jerry Falwell. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know if he was his lawyer, but he had he was he was providing assistance. I I honestly don't know a lot about Keating, and yes. I should know more. So yeah, so I thought that's that's quite interesting. So yeah. it's like he has all these different connections to politics, and so I'm wondering, even though he never held public office, mm-hmm. what do you think of Larry Flint's? influence on politics or his views on it i guess um the so i i'm not too i i i don't know much about larry flint uh, as far as a political figure you probably know more than i do Mm -hmm. um okay what was your question again what do you think what what do you think how do you think about how he has influenced politics and how politics may have influenced his life. That... I, I guess that's a better way okay, to Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I think he definitely has a big influence on politics. Very, very much so. Um, uh, didn't you say he ran as a libertarian? And I never quite understood the libertarian position. I'm pretty sure he ran on the libertarian ticket. I could be wrong, but it was some third party like that. Okay. Yeah, he definitely had a big... I would say a big impact on politics because of the, um, you know, talking about the, the censorship and obscenity laws and how that was, um, viewed in, in, uh, viewed around that time. Interesting. But it's also, he had the ear of the sister of the president of the United States for a while. Yes, he did. You know, and and it's really interesting to think of this pornographer, you know, having the air of this evangelical Christian, right? And then, and then here's, and and we'll talk about the what happened in the postscript. Yes, but here's it's so interesting because Jerry Falwell, the most um, influential, one of the most influential person in the moral majority, and Larry Flint, who had the raunch, one of the raunchiest magazines out there, <laughs> going to battle in court. Because because of uh, <laughs> him making a mockery of Jerry Falwell and Jerry Falwell having the side of that that pornography should be outlawed. It's very it, there's a there's an interesting uh uh what's the word is it um, relationship or dichotomy dichotomy duality yeah it's like a it's like an interesting uh dichotomy of uh 
uh, of sides there. No doubt. Yeah. So it 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 really um, makes for good uh, discussions. I think. There's so much I want to say. Let's go to John DeLorean for a minute. Okay. Um, I don't know much about John DeLorean. Okay, so the thing I knew him for best as a kid. You've seen the Back to the Future movies, obviously. <coughs> the cars, yes. And the car is... We're DeLoreans. The time travel were DeLoreans. Yes. And so the way I understand it is DeLorean were these... I, I could be having the story a little bit wrong, but they were these like brand, like these high-end cars that were really, really cool. DeLorean runs the company, then gets caught with cocaine, mm-hmm. and is exposed... In no small part due to Larry Flint's. Right. So it's not just that he goes after these sleazy politicians or evangelical preachers. But he, he goes after Carl Carl salesmen. He goes after, well, I would phrase well, it more like other makers. businessmen. Businessmen, He yeah. goes after businessmen with some success. So I find that really interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Because while they're trying to take this guy down, um, no matter how you feel about his profession... They're trying to take this guy down, but what about the other guys that are getting away with it? John DeLorean did not get away with it, though. No. Yeah. So, I, there's in society, there's the idea of the outsider. Mm-hmm. Right? And there are people who fit that mold in different ways. You can be in the mainstream and be sort of on the fringe and considered like a mainstream outsider. Like, um, Michael Moore would be a good example of that. Right. Like, he doesn't follow the beaten path. Even if you watch his interviews on MSNBC, he's, he's a little bit of an outsider for them. But he's still accepted within the establishment and the, and uh-huh. the norms, right? Uh-huh. But then you have somebody like Larry Flint, who's like an outsider but still it's somebody who's managed to have a lot of power and influence. So he's like a more, I guess, mm-hmm. authentic version of that. And mm-hmm. we see his outsider status when he brings down people like John DeLorean. Yeah. Um, wh- what do you think of his... I want to make sure I phrase this right. In some ways, he's an agent of chaos, right? Mm-hmm. Because he causes havoc in courtrooms... He brought down John DeLorean. Mm-hmm. He tarnished the image of Jackie Onassis. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. I personally find that stuff, again, I don't agree with all of it. Yeah. But I admire it. Even the things that I think are disrespectful, I admire somebody who pushes those buttons. What's your take on it? Um. Well, I, I mean, I think I would agree with you to a point. Mm. I do admire him for... Standing up for his convictions, even if I didn't agree with it, and also standing up for other people's convictions when it comes to free speech, right? Because didn't yeah. you say that he, that there was somebody that he stood up for, even though he didn't always agree with him? Who yes, was that wasn't to do with free speech, though. Oh, it wasn't? We could actually talk about that because it might help influence okay. your thinking. All right. Um, so Larry Flint is shot in the 1970s and becomes that's right, that's right has to become a wheelchair user yep he's paralyzed for sure. right he's paralyzed they never catch the guy and i forget the person's name but somebody takes responsibility oh, it's for the death penalty yes. yeah yeah somebody yes. takes responsibility for the shooting and he says that the reason he targeted larry flint was because hustler magazine uh showed interracial couples back in the 70s and he didn't like that okay so the guy is on death row for killing somebody else and Larry Flint, if you know any of his history, is very, very anti-death penalty. 
So he came out publicly and said that this man who shot him or who we think did uh, should not be executed. Yeah. Now, the guy lost a battle and was eventually killed by the state. But Larry Flint spoke in his defense. Which I find very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. So what do you think of him as an agent of chaos? Do you respect it? Um, I respect it to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not anti-death penalty. I am very much for the death penalty, especially if someone commits several heinous murders. Yeah, I am too. I think they should die in place of the people that died because of their hand. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do admire the fact that he he stands up for his convictions, uh, no matter whether you uh, uh, like the guy or not. You, You can't really... You know, you, you, you've got to give him that credit, at least. For sure. Yeah. An interesting postscript to this film is after the case goes to the Supreme Court, Jerry Falwell and Larry Flint started doing public debates and become... I, I don't want to say that they were, like, best friends, but they become friends. When Jerry Falwell died, Larry Flint went on the Larry King show and talked about him and said, yeah, we were friends. And Larry King asked him, well, why was that? And Larry Flint's response was, we didn't have anything in common. We didn't see eye to eye on any of the big issues. But I knew that he was a genuine person. If you talk to him you know, off camera, you could see that he believed what he said and he stood by his convictions. And he said that I really respect somebody who does that. And he all, and Larry Flynn also said that he felt that Jerry Falwell was actually a really nice person in real life. If he got to know him. Wow. Um, and that's, so that's another interesting thing. Like Larry Flint was a pornographer who was friends with one of the biggest people in the evangelical movement, which, which was like the most unlikely Somewhat friendship. Yeah. Friendships you could think of, right? And, and they had sued each other in court, too. <laughs> but then they lecture with each other. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they were able to uh, put aside their differences mm-hmm. um, for as long as they could. And they decided, well, you know, we're never going to agree with each other, but we can be with each other in the same room and not try to kill each other. How do you feel about that friendship? Um... I found it really, uh, when you told me, I was really surprised. Yeah. Very, very surprised. Um, it's, it's almost like an oxymoron. Yeah. So I, (laughs) I had known that they were friendly, but after you went to bed last night, I did a little bit more research because I wanted to make sure that I remembered the story right. Yeah. And I had not seen the clip until last night of Larry Flint talking about Falwell after he died and saying mm-hmm. that he considered him a friend. Mm. Um, I, I knew that they were friendly, but I didn't know that he said that publicly that they were friends after his death. Um, yeah. It was, it was really interesting wow. to me. What do you think that says about people's ability to connect? Um, people, I, I think it's so interesting that some people have the ability to connect with people that are on, the polar opposite of their views mm-hmm. and be able to do it well. Yeah. And 
be able to put their differences aside, even if it's just for an hour, and have a, a very uh, a very good and um, honest and um, well-rounded uh, debate. Discussion. Yeah. I don't know what Larry Flint's complete views are on life and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Going back to politics for a minute, it's interesting because, you know, first he smears or helps tarnish the image of Jackie Onassis, Mm -hmm. whose husband is, you know, considered now to be kind of like a, a hero to the left. Right. And then he kind of goes after the moral majority which was the right wing in this country. So he goes about, he goes after both sides. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I mean, if I had to guesstimate his political views mm-hmm. after hearing him talk and mm-hmm. various things I've, I've read, I would assume that he's slightly more left-leaning than right, but probably not by a lot. Okay. And I, I could be completely he's off like in, um, equal, Independent. He's like an equal opportunity sewer. Yes. You know? <laughs> And you kind of have to, yeah. You know, I think we need people like that in our society to call out things that are going on on both sides. I want to get your opinion on that, though. I, I think you're right. Mm. He he will defend people who need defending, and will call out people who who will need to be called out. Yeah. I mean, I've I've done that before, mm-hmm. where I may not we may not have agreed, but I have I will defend someone if if. If even if they were not on the same page as me, political, spiritually, spiritual or otherwise, I will defend someone if 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 another person if they are being mistreated. I mean, I think that's I think that shows that the, you know he's really got um, heart. Yeah, yeah. Seeing this movie again as an older person makes me want to read more about his life. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting, yeah. And he's still doing it. Um, Is he still alive? He's still alive. He's in his 70s. Really? And, yeah, I told you that I saw an interview with him from six years ago. And his daughter, one of his kids, works for Hustler or Larry Flynn Publications. And she was asked, has your dad ever gone too far? Her response was, I thought it was in bad taste when he offered Casey Anthony half a million dollars to pose naked for the magazine. Yeah, that... Uh, can I just say this for the record? Go ahead. I think she should have been in prison. I think she should have either been in prison for life or had the death penalty. Yeah, but this goes out to, like... Or back to my point about Larry Flint kind of being, like, an agent of chaos. Yeah, Because yeah, most people would that. not do that. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just likes to push the envelope. Yeah, and I... You know the type of people I hang around with. Oh, do I ever. You know my taste in entertainment. Like, I I love hip-hop. I listen to things that a lot of people would consider controversial as far as podcasts and radio programs. Or I read books that are a little bit out there. So I, I think that's why I gravitate toward him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because he, he is so good at personality. And he's a big personality. Yes. And you, you told me that you like people with big personality. I do. I yeah. bet Larry Flint would be a fun person to spend an evening with. I would have so many questions about life. You know, Bubs, if I were to ever meet Woody Harrelson... Go ahead. Not that it would ever happen. Yeah. But if I ever had to meet Woody, ever got a chance to meet Woody Harrelson, I would love to ask him about how 
if he enjoyed uh, making uh, The People versus Larry Flint and, and playing Larry Flint, this larger-than-life uh, character. Oh, yeah. You would be better at that than me because I would be like a little fangirl around Woody <laughs> Harrelson. I mean, you could probably imagine how I would be. be no, like, I mean... Oh, where do I start? I mean, I would too. Yeah. But I mean, if I... Like, 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 for example, like I've always, I, I just recently started thinking about this in watching movies with you. Uh-huh. If I ever had a chance to meet these stars, what would it be like if I said, hey, what were you thinking about when you had to film that? Yeah. Like in Fame with the um, Coco, um, Coco scene with that. Um, Where she's crying with the guy. Right. Yeah. Like I was thinking, did you, were you frightened when you had to, to, to film that or did you. Did you uh, wanted to make it your own scene? You know, because I, I, I always, I and, I and yeah, I'd probably would be starstruck if if they were like somebody that I really admired for mm-hmm. sure. But uh, you know, once I calmed down, I would really want to ask them. Well, so when you were when you were doing this scene, what did you think, or how did you think about this? What did you think about this character going into it? Yeah, I, I think it would be so interesting to find out what they said. It would be. Um, yeah, but and, I understand why you'd be starstruck. Well, not with everybody, but with Woody Harrelson, um, especially since his politics kind of align with mine, so which is kind of cool. But it's you look at all the iconic roles. I mean, there's Cheers alone, right? But outside of that, just like the movies, Kingpin, People versus Larry Flint, I thought was one of the most underrated movies of the '90s. So many other films that I, I, I don't know if I could be around him mm. and not look like a little girl just like <laughs> fawning over somebody. Oh. Yes. Well, uh, do you have anything else you want to say about this movie? Uh, no, no, no. But it's, there's so many things to take away from it, I will say. One last question. Are you glad that you've watched it now? Yes, I am. Because okay. I've heard about it before and I wasn't too sure if I wanted to watch it because... Um, Every time I hear things about obscenities, like um, somebody was being sued for obscenity, and I'm like, oh, this has got to be the raunchiest thing ever. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not a person that likes to watch a lot of, you know, raunchy stuff. It's not my thing. But mm-hmm. I'm glad I liked, I, I'm glad I was able to, to watch it, and I did think that the storyline was uh, well done. I mean, he definitely is a complicated guy. Yeah. Yeah, very complex. All I'm going to say is I believe this is a great underrated movie. I think people should watch it, and I am going to make somewhat of an effort to read up a little bit more on Larry Flint and, Mm -hmm. you know, learn more about somebody who is still here Hmm. and who has really been a bizarre figure in our nation's history. Mm -hmm. Yes, in a good way. Yes. Yes. So when this was going on, he was... I would guess he would. He was in his thirties when all this was happening. When the obscenity stuff. Yeah. I'm guessing like thirties to forties. Right. Okay. Yeah. So he was fairly young. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And he played the judge in the movie, which is <laughs> kind of cool. Very clever, actually. Yeah. Let's have the real Larry Flint play the judge. That was awesome. That was definitely very good. Mm-hmm. And I will get you that subscription to Hustler magazine. No, I don't want it. Oh. It'll be the female edition. No. Oh. Why? I just figured it was something that you could share with your family or maybe take to church with you. No. Hey, this person, uh, mm. this is a magazine from somebody who was friends with um, Jerry Falwell. Uh, yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> oh, oh. 
You could take it to a flamboyant stone church, okay? Oh. Okay. That's enough. <laughs> enough about the movie. Go check it out. Yes. Great film. Yes. And I'm so glad that I got to share it with you. Yes. And your feet are touching my hand. And then that's right. Very nice. <laughs> Babes. Yes. I watched a movie last night. Okay, we both we both did, but I oh, was Oh, we did. Really, okay. I was very... I, I thought it was just me. <laughs> no, I was... I was... I was very, very tired by that time. But I was up... I was awake enough to uh, kind of see the gist of it. Okay. Uh, the, yeah, sort of. But I think I'll let you... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me talk a little bit about my relationship with this film because you know I love to pontificate. Zombieland. Zombieland. I have heard about this film for years, probably since it first came out in 2009. And last year, about a month and a half into the pandemic, I finally decided to sit down and watch it. Excuse me, I said something in my throat. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed this film. Thought it might be a good pairing with The People versus Larry Flint. And that's why I showed it to you last night. Now that I've given my little explanation I will, of, of me in the film, I will talk about the actual movie. It, it, it's basically told through the story of this character that we know as Cincinnati. R uh, no, no, it was uh, Columbus. Columbus, I'm sorry. Columbus. So, uh, uh, so, so should I give a, a little bit of a context here? Go ahead. So... There's only a few humans, real humans, on the earth in, in America. And the reason why they are calling each other by cities is because they don't want anyone, they don't want to get caught. Yes, exactly. Which is kind of a weird way to uh, do that. And Columbus is kind of this nerd, a little bit of a shut-in. Mm-hmm. When the apocalypse happens and people start turning into zombies, then he's forced to step up a little bit. He's still awkward, but he can defend himself a little bit better. He's walking one day where the sky pulls over and it's Woody Harrelson, a.k.a. Tallahassee. Tallahassee, yep. He agrees that he's going to take Columbus to meet his parents. Yep. Uh, but on the way, they get distracted uh, by searching for Twinkies. Because yes, they do. Wo Woody Harrelson really wants a Twinkie. He, he loves Twinkies. They find a hostess truck that is crashed, but it only has snowballs in it, <laughs> which I, I don't think I've ever had. Um, I, I like them, but there, there are better um, hostess things that I like more than snowballs. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Knowing me, do you think I would enjoy them? Well, I think you would say, uh, babe, there needs to be chocolate in this thing. Okay. The, I mean... Fair enough. <laughs> but you would like the Ho-Hos and the Ding Dongs. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I am a Twinkie fan, Yeah, too. I think I'd like Ding Dongs more if I was a woman, but I hear what you're saying. And the cup... And the cupcakes. A blame joke. And the, and the cupcakes. Yes, yes. Yeah, you would like them. Yes. Okay, go on. Anyway, so... <laughs> they eventually end up at this convenience store. This lady comes out. We, we'll call her Wichita or Emma Stone. Her name is Wichita. Yes. In the movie. She says, my little sister has been bitten. And her name is Little Rock. Little Rock. A good rap name. 
they go to the back of the store, they see her, and Woody Harrelson is about to kill her. Mm -hmm. But the sister says, I, I want to do it. And she turns the gun on the two of them, takes their weapons, and their car drives off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tallahassee finds, uh, like, um, a van type of vehicle or a, a mini bus type of thing. Right. It's hard to tell. That some rednecks had had. Mm -hmm. Because it's, like, loaded with guns. Right. They go... In search of these girls. They see the vehicle. Woody Harrelson goes out to explore. And Little Rock, who's like 12, comes in and overpowers Columbus. Which I thought was really funny. When Woody Harrelson goes back to the car and he's like, you got beat by a 12-year-old girl? <laughs> and Columbus is like, yeah, but women are a lot more mature and, and stronger yeah, yeah. than men are at that age. <laughs> yes. She's a strong 12-year-old. Yes. <laughs> Wichita comes into the car. They drive off. The two girls are headed to this amusement park in Los Angeles. Pacific Playland, which yes. is, does not really exist. No, but they couldn't use it. But they couldn't use it. They weren't going to allow it. Right. Pacific Playland. They were on their way. That, yeah. They get to Hollywood. Tallahassee steals a map and says, we're going to uh, live it up tonight, guys. He takes over the wheel. They drive to this house. And there's initials on the front gates, and the initials are BM. They walk into this house. <laughs> now, now initially, Bubs, yes. I thought BM, I thought the initials BM was going to stand for bowel movement. Oh my goodness! Anyway, they enter the mansion. There's pictures of Bill Murray. <laughs> like this is Bill Murray's house. This We're at Bill, Bill Murray's, Murray's house. house. I love this line. The little girl says, "Who's Bill Murray?" Woody Harrelson's response is priceless. He he just says, I've never hit a child before. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny because we just watched um, a movie with both Woody Harrelson and Bill Murray yes. in it, Kingpin. Yes, yes. Which is kind of funny. It was a great movie. I loved all your movies, including... <laughs> we're we're going to get there. We're going to yeah. get there. So Columbus takes Little Rock into Bill Murray's private theater to show her Ghostbusters. Yeah, great movie. Bill Murray comes out. He's dressed like a zombie, but it turns out that he's just faking so he can go play golf and still hang out with the people. And Woody <laughs> Harrelson freaks out. He's like, Bill fucking Murray, it's you. I, I've seen all your movies like a million times. I even like your dramatic stuff. <laughs> he's hanging out with Harrelson and Emma Stone. And one of them says, you know what? You should go in there and harass this kid, Columbus. He's he's frightened. He's not going to do anything. <laughs> Columbus ends up killing Bill Murray. Yeah, that, that was a funny scene because he's like, uh, Bill Murray's like, well, actually, I think it's Bill now. Yeah, I think it's Bill now. And it's like, it's a little tender because he was shot in the heart. Yeah. And they're like, any regrets? He thinks for a second. He says, maybe Garfield. He's like, any any movies you regret doing? And he's like, oh, maybe Garfield. No, no, they just say any regrets. regrets like, maybe Garfield. Li like life regrets. And he says, maybe Garfield. <laughs> they throw his body off the roof and give him a 21-gun salute, which I thought and <laughs> was great. And uh, why did I keep saying Cincinnati? Um, Columbus, Columbus fires the gun at the wrong time at first, which is great. Okay. Woody Harrelson starts hanging out with Little Rock mm -hmm. and Emma Stone along with Columbus start dancing. Yeah, and he and he really is into Wichita. Mm -hmm. 
really into each other. They don't hook up. We also realize that night that Woody Harrelson has been talking about the death of Buck. His son. Right. But they think he's a dog, right? Columbus thought that he was a dog at first. <laughs> and then he finally realizes, oh no, he's talking about his son. Yeah. He died. Mm-hmm. Two girls leave the next morning. Columbus and Tallahassee kind of get into an argument. Mm-hmm. Columbus says he's going to chase the girls. He gets on this motorcycle and crashes and falls off of it like halfway down the block. And, and meanwhile, the girls are at the Pacific Playland. But zombies are chasing but them. Zombies are chasing them. And they're yeah. caught on this one ride. The guys go, I'll make it short. They rescue the girls and they agree that the four of them are going to team up and live life together as long as they can through the apocalypse. And that's when the movie ends. <laughs> this isn't the best movie ever. I'm not going to say that uh, it's not on the same level as The People versus Larry Flans. No, that's why I gave it a. A seven. But Not a strong one. I still think it's a fun movie. It is fun. I think it deserves a better grade than um than Married to the Mob. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, because yeah, they're both fun movies, but they're not like anything to really go deep with. Yeah. Uh I I also think I'm more parcel to it because I've seen more zombie stuff. Like I'm I'm a fan of the first few seasons of The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. which I know you have not watched. No, but I heard good things about it. I, I, It sounds like a weird premise, though. It's a fun show, though. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. What do these characters teach us about survival? Well, I guess as long as they are together, as uh, because they are, it sounds like they're the only humans in America. Um, as long as they're together, they can get through anything, including a zombie apocalypse. What do they also show us about the need to use distance as a form of survival? For for example, before they all agree that they're going to stick together, Mm -hmm. they call each other by the names of the cities where they're either going to or they're from to keep from getting too close to people. That's uh there it Yeah, and there's also this weird. there's also this agreement that at some point they're going to go their own separate ways. It's very it's it's weird to mm-hmm. me. Um It's like they're keeping them close to they're keeping each other close but they're not. Does that make sense? Yes. Like if you wanted to be close to someone, you'd want to know what their real name is. Mm-hmm. Not just what city that they're going through, going to, or not just what city that they're from. You want to know their name, but it's uh, it's it's kind of it's it's strange to me. What does this film teach us about building your own family versus being stuck with the ones you were born in, the one you were born into? I think. Well, and it, and it goes back to the i uh, the concept of survival, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't get along with your family during that time, but you got to work with what you got. As far as, um, well, we don't even know about their families at all. We know that Wichita and Little Rock are sisters. That's all we know about them. And we know that Woody Harrelson's son died, presumably right. because of the zombies, right? And right. Columbus 
had parents who were kind of shut-ins like him. Right. Well, I think it goes back to survival. Like, if it, I mean, if you can't be with your family at the moment, um, you kind of have to find other people to stick with until it happens. You're very close to your family. I am. And I'm kind of hit and miss with that. Yeah. Right? But in some ways, I look at some of the friends I have in my life and, you know, usual suspects of characters who you know. Right. Like, they're my family in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a brother, but I have friends who... I consider like my, they're like my brothers. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. You know? Yes. And yes. so I relate to the end of this movie where Columbus says something to the effect of, of course I say that and I can't remember the quote, but he's, he's talking about how this is a family, this is a family I'm in now. Right. This may not have been the family I was expecting to be a part of, but they're my family. But they're my family. Yeah. 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 And that's the way I feel about a lot of my friends. Right. Right. And I understand that. Mm-hmm. I understand that, yeah. Do you have any friends that you still consider to be as close to you as your own family? I think about, I mean, even if we haven't talked, even if I haven't talked to some of them for a long time, whenever I have talked to, and these, and I'm talking about friends that I've known way, 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 way back. Yeah. Way back as far as childhood that I've known for 30 plus years. Even if we haven't talked for a long time, every time I have communicated with at least one or two of them, it's almost like we, we just, you know, pick up where we left off. And they've known my family for years. I've known their family for years. Um, yeah, I certainly do have friends that I could would consider still family in some ways. What does... Tallahassee teach us about moving on? Mm. That is a really good question. I I want to hear what you have to say about that first. When we meet him, we think that he's this, this like gruff guy who likes Twinkies. Yes. And hates everybody in society. Right. But we learn that he's a fan of Bill Murray movies. <laughs> right? Which, shout out to him. Great taste. <laughs> And then we discover the reality of he's a parent who's lost a kid. Right. And I think the way he learned to deal with the society up until meeting these other characters is to try to play the role of the outlaw. Right. He's just going to be by himself and can't connect with anybody. I and think, it's just going to be a hard ass. I think he was, he was trying to do, I think what, that's what his plan was, was to yeah. just go on his way, do his own thing, not right. connect with people. But, but oftentimes if you scratch the surface of people who are, want to be the outsiders, you realize that there's a sweet part of them. Uh-huh. Just like there was with Tallahassee. Oh, yeah. He was very gentle with that 12-year-old girl, despite, you know, threatening to hit her for not <laughs> knowing who Bill Murray was. I've never hit a child before. Yeah. <laughs> um, we see that there's a tenderness there. Yeah. That he's trying to cover up to right. deal with so many losses. Uh-huh. I think you're right. I think you're right because he lost his own son and now he has um, he has connected with the little girl. The son is the biggest loss, but we yeah. can also assume that other people in his life have died because of the zombie apocalypse. Right. You know. Right. Mm -hmm. How do you think you would deal with something like that? I really can't say. I mean, I could 
I can imagine what I might do, but I don't know. I mean, maybe I would be closed off. Maybe I would long for more uh, connections with people. I would like to think that I would long for connections, more connections with people because I do love being around people. Hmm. So I would not want to be closed off to where I could never, I could never open my heart to any friendship, any kind of relationship, whether it's romantic or not. Are you glad you've seen this movie? I am. I, I mean, I, I mean, this is the first time I've seen it. Um, I, it's not the best movie that I think is out there, but I did enjoy it for what I was awake for. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit that because I really was tired last night. I really was. I know. I was there. Yeah. But the five minutes you saw were good. It wasn't five minutes. Okay. It was more than that. Okay, good. Well, I'm happy for you, babes. Mm. Is there anything else you want to say about this movie? Uh, No. It's definitely <laughs> it's definitely a weird movie. Yeah. And it will make you laugh. We got up around, what, 4.30 this morning? Uh, I think it was 5-something. Okay, and we were hanging in bed, talking... At one point, we both kind of agreed to take a nap, but I was the only one who did it. I did not. I was, for some reason, I wasn't able to go to sleep. But I think it's also because I went to sleep super early. Normally, I wouldn't sleep, like, before 10. I slept really good. I, I did, too. Nap. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. What did you do when I was out? I was just listening to my uh, my playlist. Nice. It took me, like, maybe 15 minutes to fall asleep, but once I was out, I was out. Yeah. I introduced you, babe, to mm -hmm. some good music last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one group, Salt, it was very different. Mm -hmm. I liked it, though. It was a good kind of different. And you had also never heard Jockstrap. No. I remember no. when I was about to play them, you're like, what is this going to be? Oh, Jockstrap, okay. And then the first <laughs> song comes on, you pause and you said, I actually kind of like this, okay. It actually sounds cool. Yeah. It did. They're good. It was different. They sound, they kind of remind me, you know, those two bands kind of remind me like uh, different, different bands like Porter's Head. Yeah. How they sound very like Porter's Head and uh, the Alabama Shakes. Different stuff. Interesting. Yeah. And Honey Honey. Interesting. I don't know if I'd go the Honey Honey. Well, maybe not Honey Honey, but the, but it, they have like hint of like a hint of like what, the Alabama Shakes sound like and um, Portishead. Oh. Would you agree? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Alana. Yes. Did you have any dreams last night? I did not. Mm. No, I didn't. You were out, babe. I was gone. You had your nose strips on, but oh. I still heard you Oh, right, 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 right. Enough, it's enough. Okay, sorry, I didn't know. I think you disclosed enough <laughs> about me already. There's one thing I haven't told about you. Uh, it's like you fart in your sleep. No. no, 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 no. It's that I love you. Oh, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. What? I was in good mood. I was in a good mood earlier. You don't want to upset me now. Are you still in a good mood? Can I still redeem yes. myself? Good. Yes. Good. You can still redeem yourself. But just remember. Remember. You remember the consequences. If you get in trouble with me, remember the consequences. Oh, oh I have to pose naked for Hustler Magazine. No. Tell everybody no. that I'm Casey Anthony. What? No, I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, I, 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 no, no, I'm, I'm having fun, babes. Okay. Is there anything else you wanted to say? 
Uh, no, I think we have had a very good start oh, today. What? We didn't cover what we did for dinner last night. Oh, no, we made a really yummy, yummy kale salad. It was great. And I forgot, I don't know, I forgot the tomato of all the things. I forgot the tomato, but I but we had um kale salad with cucumber, avocado, um what was the other thing? Cucumber, avocado, kale, of course. Uh, we made feta a, cheese. A feta, uh, 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 quite a quite a bit of feta cheese. We also uh, you made a sauce of um, lemon juice. What was it? I first what I did is I took some of the pico de gallo you have in the fridge. Yes, because we didn't have tomatoes. I put it in the bottom of the cup that I was using to mix the sauce together. Uh-huh. I poured in some olive oil little bit of lemon juice and just a touch of lime and also a tiny bit of apple cider vinegar. Mix it together and poured it over it. It was really good. It. Yeah. It was really, really good. And before that, you showed me how to close an envelope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See a blind tutorial later. Yes. Blind um, guy learns how to close an envelope. So, so I wasn't expecting you to record that, actually. I was just expecting you to look at what I was doing. I mean, I really did it just so I could have a frame of reference. Yeah. And because I'm an egomaniac, I posted it. Well, did anybody else leave any comments about it besides that one person? My friend just said that it looked like we were having a fun time. Okay. And that he did not know how to close an envelope. He may have just been saying that part of it to be nice, but it made me feel good. Yeah. We were talking about the big envelopes. Obviously, I can close a little. Yeah, the ones with the prongs. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was very, uh, surprised that you didn't know that. I mean, um, I, I thought I, I just didn't, I, yeah, I didn't know that you didn't know how to close it and you, you would just close it with duct tape. Yes. I'm yeah. a weird one, Sheila. Yeah. 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 Babe. Yes. Well, I don't know. Uh, unless there's anything you have left to say, maybe we should try some of that hummus I made. Yes, yeah. with some crackers. Yeah, but some good crackers. Before that, I've never kissed anybody. Okay. Oh my goodness. What? I never <laughs> have. Okay. Mm. 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 All right, All that's right. enough. You. Is there anything else you want to say, babes? Uh, I just think that we um, had a really good Friday so far, and um, I'm just in a very good mood, and I hope you are too, Bubs. I am, babes. All right. All right. Happy trails. To you. To you. Until we meet again. Until we meet again. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.